0: I'm Visha's wife, and remember, when you name a dog Janet or Timothy, you are dragging humanity down, just a little bit.
3: Uh,
2: Sergeant and Comrade is a lo-fi soul crew based in Calgary, Alberta. Spearheaded by vocalist Jolanda Sergeant and producer Evgeny Baikovits, otherwise known as either Jay or Comrade. Sergeant and Comrade appeared on the scene in the last decade, flooring people in concert with their open-ended infusion of jazz, soul, funk, dancehall, hip-hop, and other sounds. After a string of singles and EPs, the pair were long-listed for Canada's annual Polaris Music Prize for their 2020 debut album, Magic Radio, they followed that up with their latest album, The Elephant in the Room, which was released on December 3rd, 2021, and prompted us to have a talk about life in places like Alberta, Russia, Ukraine, and the Caribbean islands, how they were brought together by an impromptu performance of Killing Me Softly, the influence of golden era hip-hop on Sergeant and Comrade, collaborating with the likes of Cool Keith and the late Gift of Gab of Black Blackalicious, what it's like to work within Calgary's music scene, their new label Mo Gravy Records, other future plans, and more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control with additional support from Blackbird Music, a wonderful record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and friendly staff who will happily help you get whatever it is you need. Really, you can learn more about them at blackbird.ca, plus in kind support from Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 665 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Sergeant and Comrade, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Who's the secret? Oh. Hello, Sergeant and Comrade, are you there? Greetings, Hello.
3: greetings, Earthling.
2: <laughs> nice to uh, chat with both of you. I can't see you at the moment, but uh, I trust everything is going well. Let's find out together. Uh, Yolanda, are you there?
3: Yes, I'm here.
2: How's it going? First of all, where in the world are you?
3: I'm in Canada, Alberta, to be exact. Calgary, to be even more exact.
2: You got you were vague, and then you got gradually more precise and specific. That was good.
3: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
2: How are things going in Calgary for you?
3: Things are going good. Uh, we have a Chinook right now, so the weather's definitely warmed up.
2: Tell the folks listening at home what a Chinook is. They may not know. They're not maybe not from Canada. They might be from some place, and they don't know what that means. What does that mean?
3: A Chinook is when it's winter, but you get like spring-like temperatures, and the snow melts away.
2: That's amazing. You're like a walking encyclopedia. That was a, a perfect definition. I think that's true. <laughs> It is like, did you have in Calgary, I'm in Edmonton, as you know, I think we had like, it's been like almost virtually every day for the last six weeks, it's been like minus 25 or 30 or 40 and then, but then there'll be like a day where it's like 10 degrees plus and it doesn't make any sense. Have you had that?
3: Uh, In a different way. Like we had a cold freeze and then it warmed up and it's been warm ever since, but it's supposed to snow tomorrow. So it's probably going to end.
2: Yeah, this weather. I don't know about this Alberta weather. But anyway, it's nice to chat with you. I'm glad we're both alive and in Alberta. That's about the best you can hope for these days. Also on the line, Jay, are you there? Yes, hello, I'm here. Nice to chat with you, Jay. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Where in the world are you? Same spot, different channel. Calgary, Alberta. How close are you to Yolanda right now? If you were to take a walk, how far a walk would it be? It's like a
1: 15-minute drive, so... I don't know.
2: It's like a three day walk. Three day walk. Three-day walk. <laughs> Takes forever. Yeah. Okay. So that's, so you guys are, uh, how long have you been in Calgary there, Jay? Maybe like 15, 15 years. 15 years. Okay. S- somewhere Where? around that. Or 20, 20 years. Almost 20 years. Congratulations. That's good, I think. Do you like it?
1: Yeah, I don't mind it. Calgary. It's got its pluses. It's got its
2: minuses. But I'm still here. Yeah, we we just did a weather report. You don't have to do the pluses and minuses. I I know what you're talking about. <laughs> now, wait a minute. You say you've been there twenty years. You say it's okay. Or what did you say when I said you said it's fine? I don't. You said something that sounded a bit non-committal, which makes me think you're a free person. You could live anywhere in the world. Why do you stay in Calgary if it's just okay?
1: Uh, well, my family's here, so so I'm here.
2: Oh, I see. Okay, so for twenty years. You and your family have been there. Where did you move from? Moved
1: from a bunch of places. Well, uh, f- from Russia, Ukraine. Um, I lived in Germany for a bit too.
2: Wow. Okay. So, that, how, is it just work? Work brought your your family to Alberta? Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, we immigrated.
1: I'm a I'm a immigrant.
2: Yes. Well, I I gathered that was is it just better? You thought it would be? I guess if you're going to come from Russia, Ukraine. Which, by the way, are both in the news right now and not good. Do you have family over there? Is is everything okay? I mean, I know it's not okay, um, but how are you feeling about what's happening as we're speaking? I mean,
1: yeah, I don't know. I don't know how okay things are, but we'll find out in time to come.
2: do Do you have um, Do you have family there still? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, so are they did. You, do you hear tell uh, how they're doing? Are they feeling kind of intense about the?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's. It's just the one region right that's that's pretty tense right now right the other parts of the country they're not as bad so okay
2: but still you you come from a, a place where there's a frigid tundra so what better place to move to than Alberta right it's pretty is it pretty similar <laughs> is it similar weatherwise from your memory as a child uh yeah for sure for sure uh Ukraine's a little bit warmer
1: Russia's similar but again Russia's a big place so right um, there's you know southern there's northern. But v- very similar for sure.
2: Okay, nice. Well, I'm uh, glad you're here. And I'm glad you're in Alberta because uh, we're all benefiting from the stuff you do. So that's cool, and we'll get into that in a second. Yolanda, I didn't really ask you the same question. I feel like I know a bit more of your background because we've had a conversation like this at least once before. But uh, again, for people listening, where is your family from originally per se, or where are you from originally? Are you from Calgary originally, or did you, you come from somewhere else?
3: So, I was born and raised in Calgary. Uh, I'm a first generation Canadian. Uh, my parents are from the Caribbean. My dad is from Antigua, but we have like Scottish uh, lineage in us. And then uh, my mom is from Grenada, and then we have like Dominican in us.
2: Right. So, the furthest thing from Russia, Ukraine, or Alberta, weather wise, <laughs> otherwise?
3: <sighs> Pretty much, yeah.
2: Pretty much, yeah. Okay, so but you're you're a proud Calgarian. You've been here your whole life. Have you ever thought about living somewhere else?
3: If I were to move somewhere, I'd probably move to Antigua, like somewhere hot.
2: Yeah, yeah. Particularly, like I never really think about. I've never when I because I'm from Ontario and we have all the seasons. Yeah, you know like most places have four seasons, and and then here it's like eh, it's what is it two and a half seasons? I don't even know. I haven't figured it out yet. But I miss the dynamic range and like, kind of knowing for sure for a week what the weather's going to be be like. But here I find I never know. Do you, do you understand where I'm coming from there?
3: Yeah, you leave your house in a parka and then you come home in shorts. Like that's yeah. that's Alberta. Yeah, that's,
2: <laughs> that's it's weird in that regard. Yes, absolutely. All right, well, anyway, we've talked about the weather. We've <laughs> talked about geography. We've talked about many topics. Thank you for indulging me, but I like to get a feel for uh, what people are up to, where they're from, and we're all from around the same place. Yeah, I haven't been to Calgary once, since moving here because of the pandemic, I guess uh, should I come to Calgary? Is it nice to visit? Cal- I've been to Calgary, I just haven't been on this leg of my life. If you know what I'm saying, uh, Jay, is there lots to do in Calgary? Is it vibrant? I don't know. Yeah, come through. We'll we'll hang out. Okay.
1: <laughs> there's you know you know it's things are a little bit less to do with with all these restrictions and things, but yeah, it's it you know there's there's things going on.
2: Okay. All right. You like, you like, there is a lot to do. If there wasn't a pandemic, do you find there is a lot to do in Calgary?
3: I would say so. It depends, like, what you are looking for. Um, I like going to Broken City. Uh, they have good music, good DJs, good food, good patio. The National Music Center's here. There is like Commonwealth is like good for dancing. Annabella's is like good for like Italian food. There is lots of different places that you can go to depending on like what it is that you like to do. Um, right. In this, in the summer, they have like music festivals. So like One Love, and like there's the Calgary Stampede. It really depends on like what time of year you come to Calgary as to like what would be available, as to what to do.
2: Right. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I like to do anything anymore. It's been so <laughs> long since I've done anything. Like I don't even remember what I used to do. I used to go to shows. I remember that. That was fun. But I haven't been to one in so long that I don't know. When's yeah, the last like, time you? Music. Live That's music. Where That's where it's at. When's the last time you went to a show, Jay? Do you even remember? That I didn't play at? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's It's got to be a few
2: months now. Oh, it's only been a few months. That's good. For me, it's been like a year and a half or two years or something. You. Oh, right, because there was a bunch of stuff. Weren't a bunch of people coming through for like Calgary Stampede events this past summer?
3: Yeah, I didn't go to the Stampede, though.
2: Is there? Do people like the Stampede? I can't tell. The Stampede, for those who don't know who are listening to us... Uh, was sort of the impetus for our government saying, everything's fine, you don't have to wear masks, and we don't have to have restrictions, just go outside, meaning please attend the stampede. At least that was the impression some of us had. Is that inaccurate, Yolanda? Is that what, because that was even what I, that's what I thought. Like, why would they suddenly lift all the things? Nothing's going to be good. And then everyone was like, it's because of the stampede. Is that true, do you think? Um,
3: I don't really want to state my true opinion on that, um, just because of the politics, the day and age local that we live pol- in. Local um, politics,
2: yeah, got it. But yeah. what I will say
3: is that, it's- um, yeah, the stampede—it's pretty fun. Like they have like the whole lottery tickets, they have like donuts and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people—it's just like eleven days of like solid partying because that's what people do, right? Because a lot of acts come in. A lot of people come into town. There's a lot of movement during that time, for sure.
2: Right.
1: All right. Yeah it's it's a big um, it's a big money maker, right, for the city. It's a big tourist and for the thing. province so, as well.
3: So it's it's definitely yeah, good for so, the economy.
1: Right. So that's I'm sure that's why they did it. um But I mean, it does get pretty greasy, like you know, <laughs> with all the all the stuff going. Yeah, on, like so. they.
2: So the, for those who don't remember or know. They did the thing. They opened everything up around that time, and then like a month later, all our we had like remember that time, guys, when Alberta had n- more cases of the thing than anywhere in North America. That was weird. <laughs> the one problem. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but there was also
3: a chasing summer during that time too, right? There was a lot of there was a lot of movement during that timeline.
2: No, I know. Yeah, but, I don't know if you can blame. And the they got rid of the mask mandate, mandate so too,
3: so a lot that. of a lot of things changed.
2: I don't know. Well, I'm not I'm not blaming the stampedes per se. Fine. I I live here too. I can't they'll come after me too, right? I don't know how the stay You guys sound scared of the stampede. <laughs> I don't want to be scared of. I don't know. I don't scared. know enough about it. I You're not scared. Okay. It. Okay. All right. I was just making a joke. But no, I just mean that was that was the impetus for them to lift the, 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 the we can agree that that's around the time they lifted all the restrictions. Because it was right around the same time, I don't think it was a coincidence that that thing, that event, was happening, and then they were like, "It's okay, just go and go to the thing." And then, and including lifting the mask mandate, but that's when the numbers went up, and that's when we were doing worse than anywhere in North America, like worse than Texas, worse than Florida, and so I feel like they're connected. But we don't have to dwell. I feel this is just my. My opinion. Honestly, I think it was.
3: Data. I'd have to see the data to know for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think it was after. I think it was in like
1: August when all that stuff happened, and um, stampede is in July.
2: No, so. no, 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 no. But the, what? Wait, what stuff happened in August?
1: Like the the numbers and the cases r- r- and things. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's right. It takes about two to three weeks for the numbers to go up after they lift the thing so that they Something lifted. Like that. I'm the
1: sure, I'm sure there's a correlation. There's
2: absolutely sure. a core. There's no denying there's a correlation. I'm just saying that's when we was bad. So then I got, I got a little embarrassed on behalf of everyone here. it be like, Oh, really? It's just for this one thing and we're the worst. But anyway, that's way behind us now. It's, 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 but when we're, you know, everyone's doing about equally good or bad at this point. So, you know, it is what it is, but it's, it was bad and I didn't like it. It made me nervous. And I I subsequently haven't been to a show. I just want to go to shows. You know what I'm saying? I just Mm -hmm. want to go out to see a show, but I don't feel comfortable yet. Do you you know where I'm coming from, Jay? Do you see where I'm coming from?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, but uh, I've been going to shows this whole time. You know, me and Yolanda have been... uh, Playing shows. Rocking shows and doing the thing. I do DJ gigs. Uh, I'm around unmasked people all the time. And... um,
2: have you had have you had any close calls with the with the COVID? Uh, I don't know. Um, you haven't had it, per, as well, you, like you,
1: I I don't I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> you don't I, know. I, I, I was I was sick there um um like a few months back, but it was real quick, and I didn't get okay. checked or anything. I just got better. Okay. I don't know good. if I'm allowed to say that or not. But you know.
2: what do you mean? Why can't you say that? Why can't you guys say stuff? Every time you start saying stuff, you're like, I don't know if I want to say that. So now I Everything's scared.
1: so touchy. Everything's so touchy these days, you know? People yeah. judge. People judge. Yeah. Like that's even true. even out here like, you know, you get people judging you for doing stuff.
2: And what what is the, what is your fear of of judgment though, Jay? Like cuz I don't fear being judged per se. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm being a little uptight. but then at the same time our family's been pretty good, you know? We haven't had anything. But then people are like There's a new thing on uh, comedy Twitter where they're like, if you haven't had COVID yet, congratulations, you're a loser. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, maybe that's true. I haven't been to anything or seen anyone. Maybe I am a loser. Anyway, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but there's nothing to be afraid of. We're all making our calls the best we can, right? That's what I think. What do you think, Yolanda? It's nothing to be ashamed of, is there?
3: I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of, but I think like people like to paint people in certain pictures in certain lights and misconstrue their words for whatever yeah. their mission is at that particular point in time. And I'm just like, I just don't want to play those games.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. You have a song about a nosy neighbor, I feel like, uh, on the new newest record, and I feel like that that's the kind of person you're talking about a little bit, right? Someone who's kind of a busybody. Is that—is that fair, Yolanda?
3: That story is about a true person.
1: <laughs> stories about my I neighbor
3: she used to like look in my house she was always walking about you know i tried to close the curtain and she was always lurking you know and then the second part of it we kind of switched it up a bit just to make it more relatable like there's a party whatever but based on a true story
2: right so they, but these are the kinds of people that are kind of around i mean in most communities there's always someone like that tattletale calling the police kind of person is that what you mean
3: yeah i guess so it's just like the type of person that wants to have a problem with everything but ultimately they have a problem with themselves and that's why they they deem to view the world like that
2: right that's fair no i can see that for sure well i yeah we'll get into this record in just a bit i (laughs) want to get into the relationship you guys have and this uh this band if you will and yolanda i want to start with you uh and jay uh i'm gonna put you in a position where you fact check everything yolanda says first if if anything's wrong you hop in you object you say okay. i object your honor and i'll say sustained sorry i've just uh the movie a few good men has been on two days in a row on the tv uh-huh. and i can't stop acting <laughs> like a lawyer and a judge yolanda how did the uh, uh, uh sergeant and comrade first come together by your uh, recollection
3: uh we met at a party we started like Well, I sang Killing Me Softly and then Jay was like, Oh, like you have a good voice and he said that he had beats for me and then we started jamming and like working on music. Um, and then like the whole thing with Sergeant and Common when we first started, it was like we wanted to just have it so it was a live experience. So like either you were there or you weren't, like there was no trace of it after and then Mm -hmm. as the years went by, people were like, Yo, you guys should like drop an album and then we kinda just started to think about that and then we started to put our music together.
2: Now, what was the context of you singing the Fuji song, Killing Me Softly, so that Jay witnessed it? Were you just having a conversation and you turned it into a musical? Or was there some sort of stage? Why were you singing at the party?
3: Cause I told Jay that I was a singer and he's like, yo, yeah, sing something. And then I sang.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. This is like, it's almost like the scene in Eight Mile. Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong <laughs> reference. Never mind. Jay, to your recollection, was it a good party? First of all, was that a nice party that you went to? Were there chips and dip? Oh yeah, it was. Uh, if it's the same one, I'm thinking of. I honestly, I don't remember the. It was at a beer the, party, the, Jay.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. no, it was a great party. It was, uh, <laughs> uh, my buddy was. I think he was moving out of this house, and uh, so we. It was one of those parties where you like paint the walls and go ham and disrespect the property. Oh no! I see.
2: Okay. Well, that sounds that sounds pretty wild. Uh, so you uh, and and so did you notice each other across the room, kind of thing? Like Jay, how did you first start interacting with Yolanda at the party?
1: I think we just met through some friends. In terms of you know, we had
2: common friends. We had and, mutual uh,
3: friends, and then we just started talking.
2: Right now, is it normal? You, so Jay, you make conversations with people at parties, and they tell you what their talents are, what their vocation might be, is it normal for you to throw down immediately? Like if you're talking to someone and they're like yeah, I run a landscaping business do you say, carve me a shrub or something like what was it that made you why did you think Yolanda should sing on command, so to speak? I honestly do not remember that. I I don't don't know if that's how it went down. Is that how it went down?
3: I feel like I feel like I told him I could sing and then I'm like, yeah, like, do you want me to sing something? And then it was like, then I sang Killing Me Softly.
2: I see. So what, 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 that, oh, that's fine. That makes sense. That, that was just in your repertoire. Like before you met Jay Yolanda, were you known as a singer in your community or in public?
3: In my community, yes. Cause I used to sing like the Canadian anthem at all these independence dinner and dances. And then, like I sang in choir and then like Mount Royal Children's Choir. But then after. After quiet and didn't sing for a while, um, just because people used to tell me that I sucked at singing. So I kind of just like took it to heart. And I think that when you're coming up and you're doing something, there's like all these people that you look up to and you're just like, you know, like you listen to like Etta James, Billie Holiday, it's like their voices, Nita Simone are like flawless, right? So you're like trying to sing, but you're not really sounding like that. But then at the same time, you just got to realize that like you have to find your own voice because... Not everyone has the same talking voice, so why would someone have the same singing voice It's all about like yeah. expressing yourself you know
2: i've I've had the sensation listening to your your records in particular, Yolanda, where your voice is so dynamic that it, it can change you're able to change the character and the attack of of how you're singing a thing, I guess depending on the soundtrack, if you will, the music. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair characterization do you feel like you, you 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 treat each song with almost not each song but do you feel like you have different um, styles and voices uh, that you employ? Yeah,
3: I definitely use different styles and different voices cuz I feel like every song requires like a different character, a different personality, you know, yeah. to get it to come across cuz if you're just singing the same way all the time, it's just just becomes mundane. It's just like, oh, it's it's another song like that. So it kind of helps to challenge myself um, to see like what I can do with my voice and to like push my voice.
2: That's fair. Now, I want to go back to what you were saying a moment ago about uh, people telling you that you weren't good at singing because those people sound like bastards. I don't like them. I don't know who they are, but they bother me. You know what I'm saying? I don't like them. I don't like what they said to you or what they did to you. Do you I know we're, we're being cagey about what we say on this podcast. Do you want to name each of them right now and give me their address? <laughs>
3: um it's crazy because there were there were individuals that would like say things to my face and then there was people who I knew that were making music in the community and I had like you know one of those little microphones and like, you know, a PC computer. And I would just like record myself singing on that and like send it to those friends who were making music. I'm like, yeah, like this girl just sent this to me. Like, you know, like, what do you think of her voice? And they'd just be like laughing all the time. Like all this person sucks. Right. So it was like, Uh it was, it was kind of on two levels. It was in like a, a covert kind of way. And it was like on a face to face level, like, Oh, like you, you're not as good as this person or whatever. Right. But, It's not really about that. It's just about being yourself because everyone's an individual.
2: So being objective, though, because you were kind of just starting out, did you feel like do you feel like you're better now than you were when they were making fun of you?
3: I don't really know what to say in reference to that, because like when you're always just yourself, like it's hard to figure that out. Like, I don't know, probably because as you get older and as you do a craft more and more like you become better at it but like I wouldn't really be able to gauge that
2: the weird thing is we record this is the kind of stuff where you record it like so I've been making this podcast we're on and I've been recording well sorry I've been making I've been recording interviews with people and airing them in public since around 2005 Mm -hmm. and I know I've gotten better because every once in a while I'll dig into the archives uh, to just look for something I'm like ugh. and I also have been playing drums on record since uh, the year 1998, and I know I've gotten better at that. So what I'm saying is, sometimes when you re- you know when you like make a demo, it's just to see what it sounds like, like objectively, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But you get a sense of how to improve it. So what I'm what I'm getting at, Yolanda, is if have you revisited those tapes, and do you see like where you were like, wow, I can't believe I used to sing like that. I would never do that now. I would do it this way. Like that's kind of where I'm coming from. It doesn't necessarily have to be better. But different, do you know what I mean?
3: I think that the style has evolved for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, the style has evolved for sure. But it's like, I think that a lot of the times, like, because people are comparing you to other people, you're trying to sing like other people. And then when you start to just realize your own voice, it's like a different thing.
2: Sure. Absolutely. Now, Yolanda, you—we're mostly focused on your vocals, uh, which is a huge, obviously, a huge part of this uh, group. But w- do you have other musical? Like, do you play musical instruments? Do you have other uh, beyond singing? Do you do anything else in terms and, and writing? Do you uh, lyrics, which I assume you do, uh, and correct me if I am wrong. But do you what, what is what are your other roles in Sergeant and Comrade or otherwise?
3: I write poetry and stuff like that. I am working on like this this little book. But I don't know if I'm ever going to release it. I haven't decided yet. It's like a handbook to life and I draw, like to paint, but like, I don't know, like when it comes to surgeon and comrades, sometimes I have like ideas and then we like try them out, but I wouldn't yeah. say that I'm a producer, but I want to like do more stuff musically for sure.
2: Do you, do you play any instruments per se or do any like uh, programming or anything like that?
3: No, I used to play uh, piano when I was younger, but I, I quit that.
2: Oh, why why did you quit? Sorry, my son always wants to yeah, okay. he can maybe hear me. I'm going to whisper because I don't want him to get any more ideas in their head there. But they, they want to quit, and they always tell me they want to quit. Why did you quit?
3: Well, my brother was a piano prodigy, so he won all these oh. awards at a young age. And then my parents got me involved in piano. Please. And... I don't know, like, it's weird, because for me, when it comes to music, I always felt like it had to just, like, come directly out of me. Because when there's, like, a third party or, like, another piece to it, it doesn't, it doesn't, like, compute properly in my brain. Like, I've always felt like that. So it's like, someone could play a trumpet, but it's like, I could learn how to make my voice sound like a trumpet. You know, it's just like... I always felt like I could try to do that sort of thing rather than necessarily learning an instrument because when the when the instrument comes in it's it's just like a disconnect for me. It's hard to explain.
2: Right. But so you view your voice as an instrument. Yes. Right. Okay. I got it. Speaking of instruments, Jay, let's get to you. Uh, first <laughs> of all, how would you cl- categorize your role in Sergeant and Comrade? What do, what do you feel like your primary role is in the group?
1: No, I would say it's uh, the producer, right? Um, I do the production, the uh, studio engineering, the mixing, song structure, composition, all
2: that stuff.
3: The music videos, mm-hmm. the art, yeah,
1: the NFTs, dabble, dabbling in all kinds of stuff.
2: Wow, that's that's impressive. What is your background in terms of what got you into music in the first place? As you know, as a kid or whatever, what what made you what what sparked your interest in music?
1: Just you know having fun with friends, really, I came up from like the hip hop school of things, so we were just like into hip hop quite a bit when I was younger and into like all the cool underground hip hop vibes and um so <laughs> well, what,
2: what era are we talking about there what what What's your sweet spot for that uh, kind of hip hop
1: uh like late nineties, early 2000s
2: yeah, anyone in particular in terms of production even?
1: Well, I like I like uh, you know the guys that aren't super clean overproduced guys like Madlib and like you know like that super grimy like MF Doom type of production like the real crackly like yeah dirty vinyl sample stuff and just stuff that has some character and uh, I'm not super big on like super polished kind of pop sounds
2: so uh, maybe is there a little dilla premiere in there a little bit maybe yeah yeah
1: absolutely all that stuff um you know there's so many great producers that i like that you know but
2: uh rizza are you a rizza person
1: yeah i love rizza yeah me too RZA's i'm a big rizza
2: i like everyone involved in the rizza kind of stopped doing it which i found frustrating and just there are all these other people mathematics and everyone else making the stuff which is good but i feel like they're just like i'm going to try to be like rizza in 1993 and <laughs> and uh but they and, and and they get it they they do get it okay so that's your sweet spot uh do, and do you play any other uh, instruments per se
1: you know i'd i dabble on some keys and things i'm not very good and, and like in terms of technically being able to like play instruments and i'm surrounded by like amazing musicians that are just like so good that yeah I, <laughs> it's like you you play this i'll just produce and mix and do all this stuff
2: do you feel like a deep connection to a calgary music community both hip-hop and otherwise like do you feel like it's it's a vibrant and supportive uh scene there
1: yeah i mean it's a scene <laughs> it's it's uh I'm definitely. I definitely feel connected just because I've been out here so long, right? And it's definitely kind of like I guess we represent Calgary in a way, so we're we're definitely tied into the scene here.
2: You say that with a little bit of like uh, a little bit of hesitance or something, like when you say it, it's it's it is definitely a scene. Can you elaborate upon that? Like I know it can get sometimes when you're in a city, it can get cliquey. It can get there can be obstacles that are infrastructural like venues get shut down or what have you or people don't really always seem to want to help everyone else like can you characterize uh where you're at in calgary based on sort of those factors like is it is it viable do you feel supported by just the city itself to do what you do
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's way better now, right? Like back when I was first doing stuff and we were doing stuff back in the day, it was like nothing like it is now, especially with the hip hop stuff. That was just like, you know, just having rap on the radio was like a big deal. Mm. back in the (laughs) the day and and things are way different now from what they used to be and I would say now it's a lot definitely a lot more supportive and a lot more diversity and a lot a lot of different kind of sounds and things happening.
2: Yolanda, what's your take on what Jay's saying there? Do you think it's better than it was or do you still see ways it could be uh, improving Uh, just in terms of like I say that kind of uh, music community infrastructure support network kind of stuff. What do you think?
3: It's definitely better than it was I remember like if there was gonna be a show that involved like people who are associated with hip hop it was like most venues would say no most venues would just try to like redirect you somewhere else or just audit like I remember when Jay and I were first starting out like we would send our demo out to venues they'd be like yeah uh, this is more for like this jazz night or it's more for this or this doesn't fit our niche market or whatever it is right like So now there's a lot more venues and a lot more places that are like open to having that kind of music and and different kinds of music in general. I think that a lot of uh, things like, for instance, like the Big Jam and like Groove Theory, it really opened up like the network side of music. So basically there's all these musicians and they can just go to this big jam and it's like no one necessarily knows each other, but you can like make friends from going to... Those sort of things. So those really opened up the person to person like communication um, within the music scene, and then of course like having the National Music Center here, and then um, just like different kinds of showcases and things. So it's like, and even just like through F- Calgary Folk Fest and stuff because they connected J and I with a lot of artists, like not just like in Calgary. So that was cool too. So there's there's lots of avenues for that for sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, do you? I'll, I'll, I've had this question for both of you but I'm I'm going to actually take it back to Jay is it like you, you guys are really characterizing what you do as hip hop and I, I see that it's funny I was playing the elephant in the room today in the kitchen while I was making uh, pancakes for my family for breakfast and uh, my wife was kind of wandering in and out of the room at one point she was like are you listening to Dancehall I'm like uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess I am for the next two and a half minutes maybe And then it'll be something else, is what I kind of thought to myself, you know. But uh, in that vein, uh, Jay, is Sergeant Comrade, do you think, uh, particularly difficult to categorize or classify? Do you have trouble uh, explaining what the the sound of it is to to others when you're called upon to do so?
1: Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, That's why we kind of, you know, initially we were always kind of categorized as hip-hop, Yeah. or people will try to say it's like R&B, or something which it's not either and so eventually we just kind of had to make up our own genre and we said it was lo-fi soul is what we're calling it
2: you know ironically these are all descriptors that one could use for the fujis who we were alluding to earlier what do you think of that yolanda am i crazy
3: i don't think you're crazy i think that
2: thank you thank you that first of all thank you i needed that just a little validation Uh, I appreciate that Uh, No, you know what I mean They were also very difficult to to categorize Because they had so many different moods and modes and vibes In their group Wouldn't you agree?
3: I would agree I think that, yeah, they probably could be categorized in that to some degree But I don't really feel like it's the same But I could see
2: No, no, no I wasn't even suggesting that part of it I just think (laughs) It's just that you two met Basically, like this started on the, on the basis of you singing a Fuji song and even though that's it was a cover by the way. so you know it's a song they made huge. But interestingly, that probably triggered in both of you a stylistic connection, whether you realized it or not. Oh, Fujis, you know that's, that's what an open-ended concept for a band, the Fujis were. you know what I mean?
3: Mm-hmm. I think it was just more like for, like for me, like personal freedom. Because here I was singing yeah. like all this, you know, classic like English music in my choir, you know, and then yeah. growing up in a home where there was like, you know, soca, reggae, you know, dancehall, jazz, funk, all these different things playing. And then just coming into my own where I was listening to Lauren Hill, I was listening to like Erica Badu, I was listening to all these things, right? So I think I feel like the music that we make is just an amalgamation of of like everything that is around. Like everything yeah, that I've consumed I, throughout my lifetime. It's definitely like an expression of that to a certain degree.
2: And and going back to what we were kind of talking about genre wise, that's what hip hop is. Hip hop is kind of everything. At least that's how mm-hmm. that's how I listen to it. Like if you listen to like the other day I, I popped on the uh, the W by Wu Tang Clan, which I really like, that record. It, uh, I liked it when it came out and it's really like it's got the same stuff we're describing sample wise or just with the guest list like the features it's kind of all over the place so Jay I assume late 90s early 2000s hip-hop head that you are that open-endedness that hip-hop could be anything that appeals to you as a, a music maker yourself
1: yeah absolutely and as a DJ as well right like i as a DJ I play a lot of different genres and different types of music and you know i'm i love all sorts of stuff so it it definitely all comes out on on the production side of things
2: yeah absolutely now there is obviously when people uh, bristle at hip-hop i think there's often a a racial undertone a racist undertone if you will uh yolanda i know again you and i've had conversations along these lines in the past is that aspect of things improving in calgary uh, for you, uh, from your perspective?
3: I think it's, I think it's a hit or miss to be
2: honest, you know? Well, I was just going to say there's a, some people like to pat themselves on the back and make themselves feel like better because things they want to say it's better. But then when I talk to people who have the lived experience, they're like, it's not, it's, it's maybe a smidge better. It's what does that even mean? Better? You know what I'm getting at? Like. Why is better up to you? Shouldn't it be up to the people experiencing the marginalization and the suffering? You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, I was racially profiled just last week, last Friday. Right. So it's just like so irritating. But it is what it is. Because like, what are you supposed to do? Because sometimes like as a person of color, you just feel like even just bringing it to someone's attention, it's going to cause more problems for you than it would have if you just said nothing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've talked about the fact that coming from where you come from, Yolanda, there were actually different like musical orthodoxies. So there were teams. Like when you were in, like, I remember you telling me that when you were in sort of indie rock environments, mm-hmm. there would be some screw face stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if you did sort of indie rock stuff in a hip hop environment, there'd be screw face stuff. Is that, does, am I re- remembering that correctly?
3: Yeah. It was just like I was, like, the way it was, was it was just like I didn't fit into any particular like group because I was just doing my own stuff like just like discovering myself as a person and I I don't think that there's a lot of room for that in the world for like the youth coming up because people just try to tell you who and what you should be and what you're about based off a hairstyle or like the color of your skin or whatever it may be because people want to put you in a box
2: right but that's not how any real youth consume culture now they don't consume it in boxes they consume it kind of like generalists like everything is is fair game kind of thing you know you're not just a punk kid you if you're a punk kid you'll listen to all sorts of things you know what i'm saying yeah is that, i
3: yeah. guess so but they are still taking in boxes because boxes are computers tablets and, and yes, phones that's true
2: <laughs> yeah that's fair jay i don't i don't want to leave you out of this conversation because i can imagine even for you it might have been a challenge among some of your friends to make the music you make some of them might have thought well that's not for that's not for our culture did you have any of that uh yeah there's definitely a bit of that going on throughout the years do you speak up do you have to be like come on man give me a break who cares what do you say to, what do you say to people or do you just go about your day yeah i mean what can you say
3: yeah let the students talk
2: <laughs> yeah here's the thing when i you know when people say what are you supposed to say me, I always come up with something to say. I don't know why. It's just a weird personality trait. <laughs> I just I just started talking, even though I, there's nothing to say. You're right, Jay. Like, what is there to say? Vish finds mm-hmm. a way. He finds something to say. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Sorry to say the word say so many times. So let's talk a little bit. I appreciate all this background and insight about your city, as well as the music you make. Uh, let's focus in a little bit on the elephant in the room. Uh, because you guys have been, sorry, Jay, when did this Sergeant Comrade start? Was it like around 2014 or so? It sounds about right, somewhere around there, 2015 maybe. Yeah. Yeah, around there. So, but it took your first, you, you released like what, EPs and singles. Your first, your debut album came out, I want to say it was 2020. Is that right, Jay? Yeah, yeah,
1: June 2020 we released our 1st June uh, June 20, album. 2020, because it was June a
2: special
3: 2020. day. 2020,
2: yeah. Oh, June twentieth, twenty twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> okay. Six twenty twenty is what we're getting at there, or depending on where you're from. If you say day, month, year, it's less special. It's twenty six twenty. Why are we doing this right now? I don't like this. I'm doing math and numbers. <laughs> anyway, Yolanda, can you Yolanda, can you speak to the, for some people they'd be like, why did it take you five years to put out your first album? And then by the way, in quick succession, relatively speaking. The next year, you put out another album. Like, that's fairly remarkable. You put out Magic Radio in 2020, and then in 2021, I believe The Elephant in the Room was released. Do I have that correct, Yolanda, first of all?
3: Yeah, I don't really think that it took us five years to make an album. It's like we had stuff that we were doing that, like, we were really concerned with making an album. It was like people just kept asking. So then we decided to do it. But, like it's not right. like we were sitting there like yeah we need to get an album done like it's good. like this year like you know what i'm saying like it's yeah 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 i think that sometimes it's just like you're just chilling like someone's just chilling because like other life events are happening and you just got to deal with that so you gotta just put it on like yeah put it on like the the back burner for a bit
1: yeah we were we were also um kind of honing our skills too right like mm-hmm. it's um we were doing a lot of live shows with, uh, not really any record. Like we we did drop a record, by the way. We dropped an EP. Um, that was 2014 was, though.
3: That was May May 8th of 2014. Oh, okay,
1: okay. So 2014 yeah. when we first started, we dropped an EP, EP, which we then which we then kind of buried. Yeah. And then from there up until now, we've just been kind of doing live shows and just kind of working on our craft and totally. Getting our getting our chops up and getting the band like when we first started, it was just the two of us. Now we got a full a full on best. funk
2: band, you know. Well, by the way, I wasn't accusing you of, of nothing. I wasn't trying to say, <laughs> hey, what's the how come you, you don't have any that. albums? I, I was just that. curious. Like that, I I appreciate that. It's I think most bands would be better to spend some time releasing singles and EPs, uh, and then tackling an album. Like Jay, does the does an album? In the current times, even matter as much anymore to you? Does it ma- does it mean anything to put out an album versus an EP or any other kind of single?
1: Yeah, it does in some ways. Like, well, for personally, I still enjoy albums, full albums, because you can kind of hear the true sound of that person versus you know checking out a single and it's like, oh, that's what this person's all about. Well, right. Right. Um, also, things like when you send um your record out to radio a lot of the <clears throat> radio stations they wait for the full project before they they play it they won't just play a single yeah so it makes a difference in that way as well and you know having a cohesive kind of thing is i feel is way better and with our sound like if you took a listen to the record you could see that it's kind of all flows into each other and it's like uh yeah it's it's presented as like a a body of work piece versus and it's we actually have a hard time picking singles and figuring out it's like oh is this is the single or we should we should like really promote this one track like over the other ones you know
2: yeah yeah it's interesting i feel like for the lay person they'd be like if you told someone hey i wrote an article for a magazine they'd be like oh that probably didn't take very long but then if you said I, I wrote a book they'd be like oh my god I have no idea how you would do that so an album is kind of like that versus a a single song is, is that fair? Yolanda do you know what I'm saying? Is yeah, that is sure. is that a good is, is that a good analogy?
3: I would say so yes
2: okay do you do? does it mean something to you to put out a record? like it, it must be it must mean something versus like an EP or a single yeah okay it, just it does. making sure
3: it's just just like what Jay was saying like just the body of work I think that like, each record, like, represents, like, a time in our lives, like a stage or whatever. Um, so yeah. it's it's nice to, like, put that out there because then you feel like there's all this new energy and you can just move on to, like, the next thing.
2: Yeah. So, Yolanda, as you contemplate, let's just compare the two records for now, uh, Magic Radio and The Elephant in the Room. To your ear, do you hear yourself and Jay evolving in a significant way on the elephant in the room and if so like what are some things that jump out to you
3: I think that they're two, two separate records I feel like Magic Radio was kind of like a homage to like all the things that we used to hear on the radio when we were kids so it's kind of like that sort of vibe I feel like with the elephant in the room it was more like fast paced it was more like fun like light hearted in certain ways but like I don't know it's just different
2: yeah no, it absolutely is. Uh, and, and that's good. That's what you want as an artist to, to n- not improve per se, but to evolve, to be mm-hmm. challenging yourselves as well. Jay, what would you like to say about the distinction between where the where Sergeant Comrade was and where you're at as of now? Yeah,
1: it's definitely uh, all kinds of uh, improvements and differences there in terms of you know when we dropped the first album from that time. We did a whole lot of live more live shows. We did a whole lot of, you know, recordings and things. So you every time you do more and more you improve more and more. So Yeah. Um That's true. when I listen to the two albums I definitely hear a difference in terms of like production wise and my style has definitely got a bit more cleaner and I I feel like I have gained some skills doing these records and um we're working on our third one now, and I feel like that one's even better. So,
2: <laughs> Yeah. You know, one of the things that sticks out for me, I mean, features are always interesting. Uh, and on Magic Radio, there's a song called Romance in Outer Space, which features Cool Keith and, not to be outshone, DJ Weasel, uh, classic yeah. DJ Weasel. So you've got Cool Keith on there, and I'm a huge Cool Keith fan, so that caught my eye and my ear. Pretty, it's kind of like a. Just for those who haven't heard it, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's a little mid-tempo in a sense. You know, Keith doesn't. It's just he, he fits in with the vibe of the song. I hope that's not. Is that accurate? Would you do you disagree, Jay? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, just making sure. I don't. Yeah. He, I don't want. I he fits just in for sure. It, it is. Yeah, he fits into kind of a more of a, a a moodier piece. But on this new record, The Elephant in the Room, we have the late gift of gab. Uh, from Black Blackalicious on here, among other great guests. But uh, I'm going to guess that might be one of his last features. But uh, Jay, do you have any background info on that? On the track? Well, just in terms of when you got it and when, uh, in relation to when he passed away.
1: Well, that song is actually um, a few years old. Oh, okay. So, uh, and okay. we did a remix. what we did with it, yeah, we did a remix and we were set to release it. Uh, like we talked to him about it, that we were going to drop this remix on this new record, and we were talking about uh, working on a ho- and like a whole like brand new track with him as well, uh, which never got um, got into production. But um, this is an, a remix of an older song um, that we did with him back a few years back that we wanted to kind of repolish and uh, put out there.
2: I see. And, and and Jay, how did you connect with Gift of Gab? Well, Yolanda
1: actually met him. And Yolanda, you want to tell that story?
3: Yeah. Um, so I was hanging out with my brother, Alexander, and he was like, yo, like, Black Blackalicious is playing, like, Gift of Gab is coming to town. Like, we have to go see him because we used to watch, like, BT all the time growing up. Oh yeah. And yeah. he's like, yo, like we're gonna meet this guy. Like we're gonna meet him. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Because my brother, he always just like says what he wants and then it happens. So we walk <laughs> down the steps. So basically the show's over, right? And it was like a sick show. So we walk down the steps and and Tim is just Gift of Gab is just sitting there on his cell phone and he like looks up. So my brother's like, yo, like this is my sister, like she's a she's a singer, like she'll sing for you right now. And then uh gift of gab was like only if she wants to sing so then I sang and then he loved it and then we like became friends so like we were friends for like I don't know like 12 13 years and he would just like tell me the things I needed to do as an artist just to be better like just like tips and stuff like that and he was always just like this positive person in my life and I always felt like it was so special that someone that I I looked up to and I used to see like on TV would show like an interest in me, you know.
2: Well, first of all, that's a really beautiful and lovely story and a real testament to Tim's generosity of spirit. Secondly, do you just always have to sing for the people you meet? <laughs> um what is the why does this keep happening to you?
3: It's crazy though because like I think that a part of being a singer especially it's like it's like either you're you're gonna do it or you're not it's like it's like yeah i sing and it's like sing on it's like yeah I, I don't know i didn't have my have my tea today you know it's just like it's like a do or die type thing like yeah. that's how i've always felt like even even like in hip-hop right if you look at like rappers it's like yo i'm a rapper then it's like yo let me battle you but it's like with a singer you don't have to battle another singer so it's like it doesn't take anything out of you to just sing because they want you to do it. If you don't do it, then you're not like seizing that opportunity, that moment.
2: Yeah. There are people, there are singers who battle. Have you ever seen the movie, The Sound of Music? (laughs) I feel like that whole thing is just, just a lot of do re mi. I feel like they're, they're all just fighting. Uh, What, do you remember what you sang for the, for Gift of Gab? Uh, Them, their eyes. Oh, okay. And, And, and it blew him away. Yeah. He loved it. Oh, that's lovely. Well, I'm sorry for your loss, uh, that you lost your friend. Uh, I know for some of us it's Gift of Gab from Black Blackalicious, but, uh, for you it must have been very difficult. So I, I want to just, uh, Thank you. uh, you know, pass along my condolences. Yeah, that's, that's hard. I got to interview Gift of Gab once and, uh, in 2012, I want to say, and it was fun and, uh. So, anyway, no, that's a cool highlight. So, that's that's a highlight. Are there any, like, Jay, do you have any other highlights on this record that you want to point out to people?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I have another one.
1: Go ahead. Um, I got I to gotta think about it for a sec. Go ahead, Yolanda.
3: Okay, so, actually, I have two. So, the first one that I want to talk about is, like, so we have this guy, his name Champagne, the top banger. And he's on uh, the song Look This Way, right? Mm -hmm. So, basically, like, I know all these, like, cats in Calgary that, like, do dance hall and whatever. And I was just like, oh, like, like who's this cat, right? Because I started seeing all these songs that he was putting on, like, Instagram and stuff. So, I was like, oh, like, this this cat is, like, really talented. And he's, like, straight from Jamaica, right? So, I hit him up and he was, like, down to the track. So, like, that was pretty hype. And it was just nice to, like, see someone doing something that you liked and then just be able to just, like, Make it happen, you know. So that was cool. And then I'd say, like working with K Riz again. I really like working with K Riz. We did a song like uh, "Take Me to a Place Where Love Is," and then we did like the mountain. And we're gonna be working on some more tracks. But he's like really laid back, nice to work with, just like good vibes. So and then I I don't know. I feel like a lot of the people we got on the album, they're just like they just like fit into the track. Like it's like we heard them on the track as we were making the track.
2: And for those who don't know, where is is from? Edmonton. There you go. So you got some local. That's nice. You have local people on the record, which is, I assume, very important to you to to have your your people in your. And DJ Weasel is back again, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so gotta it's We Gotta bring Weasel back. That's the just the way Weasel is.
3: Yeah, I was talking he to pop, him last he's... night. <laughs>
2: that's good i remember him being a character whenever i saw him with cadence weapon he's awesome (laughs) Uh, yeah uh jay do you have highlight do you want to share anything and one one thing from the record that sticks out for you in terms of the tracks i mean or or just just so you know like behind the music is there a story even that sticks out for you that about making a track or some experience you had just curious (laughs)
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, there's there's lots of stories and things, you know, and and um, each track has has like a story behind it, really. Mm-hmm. But I mean, some, I, I guess, something cool would be like on the Gift of Gab remix, the uh, the secret song. It's called what I did for the remix. There was it's called the Numbers Station mix, and uh, what I did is I sampled real Numbers Station recordings. Um, and for those who are not familiar, they're like those radio transmissions from like the Cold War era, and they're I guess they're still going on today. Yeah. Uh, and and it's basically you got to kind of catch catch them um, if you can, sort of thing where there's are secret messages being broadcasted through um, radio waves. So I, in order to make the track a little bit more secretive, and kind of incorporated that whole aspect of it into the song, um, which I thought added some cool flavor to
2: it. So what is the purpose of those number station secret messages? Who are they meant to uh, go to and what is meant to happen after you receive such a message? I guess it depends on the message, but what are some examples of a message that might go out via a number station?
1: Well, they're they're basically just a random string of numbers. So you'll have a person that's just on on the radio all of a sudden this you know a voice will come on it'll be like a woman or a man or uh and it'll be like you know like 25 36 78 or sometimes they'll speak in in uh names so it'll be like John Richard Timothy or something and then there's ones in Russian as well and like what it is it's basically code and if you have the uh, if you have a way to decode the message, you can uh, hear the transmission and hear what they're trying to tell you. So, the purpose of it is obviously that's anyone's guess, um, unless you know what it's all about. Um, I'm assuming it's some kind of uh, way to for like people to like message spies or something or like.
2: So, um, so just just to be clear, there's a there's a chance, a small chance, that somebody somewhere in the world plays this on the radio. And then there might be a diplomatic incident. <laughs> I mean, the wrong person happen. hears it and they're like, oh, the code. Uh I must spring into action. <laughs> and then there's like a political assassination. And then it be world you know, uh, and I, months I, and months, months and months, months of like investigation. Oh, oh, you didn't use the full code. OK, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only gonna, used a little bit of it.
1: So they they only get part, the partial message. So
2: you, you it'll, left it'll, just it'll, enough code to stress some spy completely out and not know yeah. what the assignment actually is. They're just like, what yeah, it'll the hell? Like,
1: it'll be like, you have to assassinate, and then it stops. And then it's like, ah, uh, who is it? Oh, my God, this is,
2: <laughs> what a nightmare. Wow, well, it's very responsible of you to cut off some of the code, I guess. I'm just nervous now, but that's just my nature. Anyway, I, I appreciate this conversation. And uh, before we go, I want to give you both an opportunity to talk about any uh, future plans. I know often, you know, people are on the show to talk about a record that, has just come out, which usually means they're already working on new songs. So I'm curious if that's going on. And also, Jay, are there any other things or plans you want to talk about?
1: Uh, yeah, we just uh, we just launched um, our brand new record label, Mo Gravy Records.
2: Oh, congratulations, uh, Mo Gravy! Is that Mo you're, Gravy? Are you hungry? Are you a glutton? Do you just need more gravy? Uh, it can mean many things, you know. It's up to
1: the uh, in- interpretation. Uh, could it could mean it could mean uh more flavor it could mean more cash you know the gravy train oh Uh, it could mean uh all sorts of things but i think it's uh you know synonymous with the with the kind of flavor we're bringing which is that that soul food type flavor you know
2: nice so uh, it's a new label is there a roster at this point or is it mostly just sergeant and comrade
1: yeah, we're still, we're, we're in the process of building up the roster right now. We got the new Sergeant and Comrade dropping on that. K Riz was actually the first one to drop his, um, his album Peace and Love was on Mo, that was the first Mo Gravy album. Uh, Elephant in the Room, that was the second one. Um, so we got, we got another K Riz project coming. We got, uh, Fly Trap, which is gonna be uh, like really, cool funk album and we got my man dirty sample he's going to be dropping uh instrumental kind of hip-hop sort of vibes um and uh we're also looking into kind of turning the label into uh um, kind of like a crypto label sort of deal but uh, i can't reveal too many secrets around that at this time just yet but uh keep your you know keep your hats on
2: do you have to keep it <laughs> secret are you keeping it secret because you're worried someone's going to steal your monkey art i feel like that's the only uh, thing i understand yes. about crypto is that or <laughs> nfts there's just a lot of artwork that looks like it was made by people in the third grade and it's often monkeys Man, is that it's all, apes and monkeys all like apes. i don't yeah it's all apes i don't so that's that's just a new frontier you guys are exploring okay good for you some sort of nft nft type thing okay well that's cool congratulations that's awesome yeah, thanks. Uh, Yolanda, if people want to learn more about Sergeant Comrade or you two individually, uh, where do you think pe- people should go uh, to learn more about uh, your your doings and happenings and potential espionage maneuvers?
3: Um, they can go to Is That's what it is, right, Jay? Yeah. And then sergeantxcomrade.com. Um, you can check us out on Instagram. You can check us out on Facebook. Most of the social platforms were around there. Yeah.
2: And Jay, is the record on vinyl? I thought I saw it there on your bandcamp. Is that
1: right? Um, Yeah, we're still in the process of making that happen. The vinyl plants are kind of backed up right now, and
2: extremely uh, backed up. Yeah, extremely backed up. Yeah,
1: I don't think we're gonna get the record until like maybe like April or May. But um, okay, it's it's in the works. Right now, it's just digital. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay, but you do have a bandcamp, right? Yeah, Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Just just making sure. Okay, well, uh, if there's a song that we can go out on from the elephant in the room, I wonder if, uh, how are we going to do this? I'll do it by consensus, I think. I'm going to go to Yolanda to pick it, but uh, Jay, I'm I'm giving you veto power. uh, (laughs) And if there needs to be further discussion or debate, we can have it. Uh, Yolanda, keep in mind that Jay has access to special spy coding, and could smite us both down if we give him any lip. Anyway, Yolanda, can you pick a song for us to go out on right now?
3: I'm gonna choose Oh, it's tough. I'm feeling Hail Mary right now.
2: Hail Mary featuring Rasheed Chappelle, is yes. that correct? Yes. Who is Rasheed Chappelle, first of all?
3: Uh he's like this hip hop like legend for the most part. Like he's been like in the scene for like a while, like a long time. Um, he's from new york he talks about like a lot of this it's like the voice it's like if the streets like the, like the ghetto and all that kind of stuff like had like someone who was watching and taking notes the whole time like while all these things were happening he speaks like vivid truths, like he's like a, a painter like he paints canvases with his words Hmm.
2: well that's that's a lovely way of putting it and you connected how did you connect with rashid
3: there's a producer, his name's Recognize Real. Uh, he's out in New York, and he suggested me for a track um, on, on one of she's albums. And then um, we just connected that way, and then we just keep making tracks. It's pretty fun.
2: <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that's Yolanda,
1: cool. Yolanda's been doing a lot of stuff out in New York, um, remotely like doing hooks for all these rappers in New York. Like, Oh, wow. I think... I think that was all the Planet Asia connections, right, Yolanda? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: That's great. Now, Jay, are you are you okay with that choice, Hail Mary? And if so, do you want to say anything about your role in it?
1: Yeah, Hail Mary is a great track. The Torchets uh, are on it too. Yeah, yeah, we got so we got the Torchets featuring the Torchets, uh, which are a local. Um, I guess they're a folk band, Yolanda, or how would you categorize them?
3: Um, I would say they have lots of elements of like blues, like soul, like folk. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So uh, we got the Torchettes doing uh, doing backup vocals on this track, and it's. Uh, um, I like this track for sure.
2: All right. Well, let's hear it. That sounds good. This is from uh, the new album, "The Elephant in the Room," by Sergeant and Comrade. This is Hail Mary, featuring all the people that they just described, and I just want to say. Yolanda, Jay, this was a pleasure for me. I hope you enjoyed it and I wish you the best of luck in the future. Thanks again.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: She's dressed in all black. She's got that. Davis State, and she be praying on her knees, saying, Lord, help me please get out of this captivity, and she cries, and she cries.
2: Ah, thanks once again to yolanda and jay from sergeant and comrade for appearing on this the 665th episode of creative control which is part of the entertainment one podcast network and is available almost wherever you get your podcasts almost if you can't find an episode you're looking for for some reason or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter please visit my website vishkana.com you can like creative control on uh, the facebook you can follow the show on the twitter at vish creative or you can follow me on the twitter and on the instagram directly at vishkana also please visit patreon.com creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast man we've been getting lots of donations of late and uh and 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 pledges i guess uh, you know these things it's great i i really really appreciate it a note that six dollars or more a month grants you access to exclusive content and if you're interested in receiving a creative control t-shirt just message me on patreon and i'll get you one while supplies last six dollars is uh one amount you can really donate anything you want people do all sorts of things uh $10 a month, uh, $3 a month a dollar a month, whatever, you can pick whatever you want you can always change it, so just wanted to clarify that, but $6 gets you that extra uh, audio and sometimes video content, so uh, yeah, hopefully that entices you just a little bit to support the show which is otherwise giving you lots and lots of free content, again patreon.com slash creative control thanks again to the fine Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music which you can learn more about at their website, blackbird.ca. That's a B-L-A-C-K, That's black. Bird is B Y R D, though, like the birds, that band. Blackbird.ca. Also, want to thank Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, respective uh, wonderful uh, businesses, and also Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, all of which support the show with in kind support so thank you to you folks there thanks as always to Jim Guthrie uh, he lets me use some music of his on the show and he's just an old friend one of my oldest friends it seems uh, he's old uh, you can learn more about Jim and his music at JimGuthrie.org. and finally thank you for listening to this episode with Sergeant and Comrade I hope you enjoyed it and we'll check out their music and also consider subscribing to this podcast and or following it asking your friends to do the same uh, stuff that you're doing with it Uh, and just spread the word about it. That all helps a lot. So thank you for doing any or all of those things. It means uh, the world to me. So that's all I got for now. Thanks again. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.